0: Welcome everyone to the Design 101 Podcast. My name is Amanda Gates and I own Gates Interior Design in Nashville, Tennessee. My company specializes in living a stylish and holistic life. My goal with this podcast is to celebrate all the blessings that we receive from a well designed life. I hope to introduce you to inspirational people, teach you new ways to live better, and empower you to design your best life through intention. There are many ways to achieve balance and harmony in our lives, but it all starts at home. Join me each month to be inspired, transformed, and motivated to live your best life. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Design 101. I'm your host, Amanda, and today's kick-ass guest is Barbara Viteri, CEO and owner of Viteri Style Management. Barbara will put it to you straight with unfiltered opinions and a no-bullshit attitude. Her specialty is helping boutique businesses, mainly design firms, get their firms profitable and organized. Hobby makers need not apply. For over 20 years, this girl from the hood is proof positive that cream always rises to the top. She has helped hundreds of everyday interior designers propel their businesses into million-dollar boutiques, from the comfort of their own homes. She offers up time-saving tools, management tips, and secrets for everyday business skills so that you can streamline your business to boost profitability. Her no-nonsense practical advice has made her the number one advisor in our industry. As if that wasn't enough, in 2014, Barbara launched her new talk show, Designer Liberty, a platform that highlights the skills and talents of the interior designer. In addition to her show, she is also the contributing editor for Style Redefined Magazine. Join me as I sit down with Barbara today to discuss the trends of the industry, what every designer's website absolutely must have, and why you should never hire a virtual assistant. Welcome, welcome to the show, Design 101. I'm your host, Amanda, and today I have the wonderful and fabulous Barbara Viteri. How are you, my dear? We're jacked up on meds. How are you? <laughs> yes. Uh, you hear that? <laughs> th- those are her pills. And let me just tell you, it's just not sickness when she takes pills. It's all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. it's funny. I'm not a drinker. People are, it, I don't know what it is on social media, but people are like, oh, you know, you must, you know, drink to be this kind of, you know excited or outgoing and i'm like no this is me sober but now i am so ill and so sick and i am just there's like a fun song if you're happy and you know it shake your meds (laughs) so i am on meds to be able to get through this podcast so i want to apologize to your listeners if you're hearing this sort of nasally not as you know excited or effervescent type of personality I usually am, so I'm going to apologize in advance, but I know you and I were going to get through it. You're a great person to chat to, so I'm stoked about this conversation oh, we're going to have.
0: Yeah, Barbara and I were talking uh, just before the show that uh, both of us are under the weather, so that it'll just uh, influence our podcast that much more, but
1: that's I, an understatement. Like we really should be in quarantine. You know it.
0: We really should be in quarantine. We're a bunch of lepers right now. We're an
1: episode um, on Greed's Anatomy right now. This is sad. So, um
0: I had my original podcast started in uh 2011 and um I decided to kind of revamp and rebrand and I launched Design 101 in the fall of 2013. I think it was the fall mm. and Barbara, you were the uh, first initial person that I had when I had rebranded to Design 101. And um, I remember when we had met, we had met through Facebook and you had been mes- messaging me. And I was like, who the hell is this broad? Like, <laughs> why does she keep messaging me? And like, I didn't know who you were. And so anyways, it's it's funny now to look back because we came, you know, fast friends. But, you know, it was, it's just, it's so interesting to see Kind of the the birthing process of what has happened to us in the last two years and how much we've grown. Give us a little bit of background about you know who and what you are for those who are possibly new to listening to this podcast. But um, then I want to just like get into all of the exciting things that have happened since then.
1: Yeah. Oh my God, it's so funny because it almost feels like it's a decade ago. I think right? you know when we're both in the grind of it, it feels like it's been ages. But it's a toddler age. It's not, you know, that long ago. Um, But yeah, I have a consulting firm called Viteri Style Management that I launched in 2012. And I provide practical business management solutions to boutique interior design firms. I am not a coach, um, but I definitely work with interior designers on a business management level. And then from there, recently in 2014, I launched my brand called Design Celebrity, because as you know, the reason why I stalked you on Facebook is I stalk what I consider to be celebrity interior designers. <laughs> um, it, it's 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 insane. It's like a Wendy Williams type of thing. You know, I find them to be hot topics, uh, part of our pop culture, and I'm just shocked that the entire world isn't kind of in on this game. And so slowly I introduced it, and it wound up garnering the attention of a lot of networks and um a lot of sponsors and investors and the design network picked up my very first show concept called Design Celebrity Talk which was a cutting edge talk show which was hilarious to me because i'm like listen you know i'm very unfiltered i'm very blunt I'm not going to be interviewing these celebrity designers like you would see on the editors at large or, you know, the way traditional home or House Beautiful Architecture Digest would do. And I'm really going to ask them if they're going to, you know, have they ever been drunk on site because their client drove them mad? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, these are the type of questions I'm interested in. Or, you know, was there ever a physical battle over, you know a decision on a presentation board. like these are the things I'm interested in and talking to and they loved it and they launched it and debuted it and it became a hit. And now it's just, it has just gone insane in such again, toddler year time span. And I'm kind of excited to kind of move this movement. I think it's long overdue, you know, fashion has their sort of highlighted world and music has their highlighted world. And you guys are just like artists, like they are, you definitely need to have this world spotlighted um, in some form of way. I don't know if I'm the trick to do it but I'm definitely trying.
0: Well you're definitely the trick to do it because you're <laughs> the one that will uh, be able to really shine the right kind of light on it. You know like you said the the other places um, it, as much as it is a glamorous field There's so much that happens behind the scenes that, you know, and and that's why people hire us. They hire us so that they, you know, don't have to deal with all the bullshit that goes on behind. But, you know, there are... Um, you know, things that happen and things that come up and shit that goes wrong. I mean, anybody that says that shit doesn't go wrong is not doing Lies. it, right? Yeah, their nose
1: grows <laughs> in front of me and I call them on it. Yeah, right off the bat. You and know? that's what I love about, you know, not only just doing a talk show, but I get asked all the time, which still blows my mind to do these, like, engaging speaking events. And if you just look at the titles of my events, you know you're coming to a different event. You know, I've had events called Design Your Hustle, don't hate the players, change the game, you know, like it's in St. in your business, you know, so these events, when you come to them, it is, it's broken down, and it's not raw where it's uncomfortable, it's raw where it's entertaining, you really do see, like an Access Hollywood interview, the way I conduct it, with these celebrity designers, their pure exhaustion sometimes, or their excitement, or their divaness, their ego, you really get a, an interesting glimpse what I can get out of them that you wouldn't see, I would say, on other platforms. Maybe that is my gift. I don't know what I'm honing in on, but I know the celebrity factor with these incredible designers, and that's what kind of gets me excited and up every morning and just kind of keep doing what I'm doing. I didn't see this as, like, my future goal. I always thought I'm always going to be a business manager for designers. I would always work for one firm and be loyal to one designer, and now it's turning that I have you know dozens of clients that I work with every day helping them manage their own business but this is my little side gig that I'm having a blast with
0: well and I think it really humanizes you know it it it's so much more fun and I think that's why all of these social media platforms have really taken off because Um, You know, it started out as just a social thing for, you know, what you're having for breakfast, but all these businesses that are now going behind the scenes, that's what's the, you know, people really want to see is they want to see the behind the scenes and what's really going on to make that project come to life, you know, how it really happens.
1: Well, even with this, let's let's like throw in the celebrity factor. you know, like ten years ago, we didn't have so many gala events or even like red carpet and step and repeat events in our interior design industry world. You know, now we almost have now I wouldn't say Oscar production level, but we do have these huge award shows celebrating a-list interior designers. Photographers are coming in, bloggers, press, magazines. This is at that level as if you were going to a Hollywood premiere or award show, and I don't see it getting depicted on that Hollywood level, and that's what I would love the world to see because these designers really are just like those artists. I mean, they're they're athletes. They have sponsorship deals, endorsement deals, licensing deals, and it's not getting spotlighted in the way that we you know, Access Hollywood would do it when they're interviewing those celebrity Hollywood guests on their shows. So I kinda wanna bring a little bit of that flavor. I mean I, I still it still blows my mind. I got Amanda Nesbed to gangster dance and make it rain with sample cards at Christopher <laughs> Guy's showroom. You know what I mean? Like I'm like she did it, but that's how this is the cool factor that a lot of platforms miss. You know, I have Michelle Boyd dance with me old school kid in play this is like we're talking about urban dance you know i got keith baltimore who's a fantastic interior designer long island his voice sounds like vin diesel to me people may think that's offensive to make him repeat a line from the movie fast and furious (laughs) i thought it was brilliant i'm like i want to hear him say it let me take you for a ride that movie was one of the biggest blockbuster hits this year this man sounds like him. He sounds like one of the major actors. Why can't I get him to repeat that? So not it, there really is no censorship, but there's fun and an entertainment factor to it. And I think the mass media needs to see interior designers as truly celebrities that they really are kind of put them on that platform we're buying their stuff and we're loving their books and we're loving their products and and secretly we also do want to have a little bit of what they have in regards to living beautifully and glamorously and and also just style you know what i mean like when you put fashion on it kind of creates your style your home does that for you as well and i just i've just been really surprised that it hasn't been out there i mean it's 2015 and like I said, I just hope I'm that chick to do it. So I'm slowly stepping into this this realm.
0: Well, and I think it's a great way to really highlight designers because you do see them in, in the magazines. You, you know, you see them yeah. in these glossy covers and it's such a flat way to show them off. Like you don't really get to see their personality. You see the pretty pictures and you see a very black and white interview with very basic questions in it. And so you don't really get in turn who they are as an individual and what their personality is like so this is such a great way to like kick your shoes off and like kick back and really get to know the person and and what's behind the design so to speak
1: well i remember working last year because last year i wanted to revamp my website and i had so many i have clients that just keep me on retainer they don't even want me to do their bookkeeping or train their staff on software They keep me on retainer to kind of pick my brain. And I was at a point where I'm like, I got to charge for that. There's only 1,440 seconds in the day. So I have to utilize every single one of them very well. So they understand I mean business when it comes down to like, you know, I have to bill out for this time. And they picked my brain in regards to their website. They kept saying, listen, my God, things are changing so fast. My company's changing I don't know what platform to be on i hire all these web developers i can't even get someone on the phone and i wanted to revamp my website at the same time and i kept saying well why do you have the very first shot that's supposed to represent you your client's project because we are in a a place where your latest project really should not just be your latest project i think we need to get to know you first where is your face? Where is your where is your smile? Where's your personality showing on the, on the home page? I don't see it. All I see is a shot of your latest project. And sometimes they're so out of date where they haven't even updated the website that they're showing projects that were four or five, maybe even six years old. And the style is slightly off. And what they keep forgetting is is that we're in this is going to sound insane and probably insulting. But you know me, Amanda, I, <laughs> I, I have no filter. Especially on drugs. Oh, no, no, no. It gets even (laughs) better on drugs, I think, because now I add a little bit of flavor. Um, I think that designers now, let's just date back maybe 10 years ago, designers did have a signature look. You know, we all knew, even maybe even 20 years ago, for sure. You know, we all knew a, a Mark Hampton style. We all knew a David Easton style. We all knew, you know, we all knew that some designers had a signature look now because we're in such a saturated industry I kid you not I know designers out in Long Island St. Louis I can give Kelly Warstler money a run for her money you know the the styles are blending where you can't pinpoint the look of an interior designer they don't have a signature look anymore well, so all you've got is that. your face that's yeah. all you got and then not only that but now you got your clients thinking that they're interior designers so they're already pushing your vision. Where you can't even make it your own. You have no choice but to incorporate the client's vision and execute it into their home. So every project tentatively will look different, you know, from time to time to time. So you can't even say, oh, this is definitely, you know, someone's work or this is someone else's work. So on your website, I've been telling my clients, you really have to show off you first. Do an action shot, make a quote of your own. First you and then let them go and see your body of work just like an artist just like an artist does, but you definitely want them to see you first. And I have to admit, like I was working on my website, the talk show came, the website got pushed on the back burner no longer was I just Viterious style management. Now I have this brand Design a celebrity. I'm like, oh my god, I gotta, you know, meld these two together. So this year, when I decided to launch my website, I was a practice what you preach kind of girl. You know, I'm not gonna tell my clients to do something and I'm not doing it. You know, I'll call a hypocrite out when I see them. So I said, I'm gonna do exactly what I've been preaching for the past year. So if you go to my website, yeah, there's a quote with me, and I don't care if you consider it insulting or not, but. One of my most famous quotes is I've never met an interior designer that wasn't creative, but I've met some creative people that will never be interior designers. You know, like (laughs) that's the first thing you see. But it gets you interested, and you see a big, you know, girl. You know, I'm not a size two, I'm a fluffy chick. You know, I got curves, and I'm not hiding any of that. And that's what you see right away. And then I even go so far as blowing you a kiss and telling you to get to know me. Before if this was an interior designer's page, I would be excited. I think in my opinion to get to know this chick. One it shows she has an opinion, two it shows that she has a bit of a personality, which is very much what your clients are looking to hire, I think. You know, they they too they do marry you if you think about it depending on how long the project is. You're part of their world, their family in some way. So they really should see you first. And that's what I I did when I I started launching my website.
0: Yeah, and that's a pretty big, um, in the coaching world, like if you've ever worked with a coach, they always say. Never. It. Don't
1: ask me on coaching. You know how I feel about that. <laughs> right.
0: But that—that that is, when it comes to building websites, that is one thing that they always say is that the first thing they sh- should see is you.
1: Yeah, so I, absolutely. I,
0: I do agree with that. Of course, I don't have that on my own website, but I do have it on my blog. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that it's... You're right, because we are so oversaturated with Pinterest and house and all of these websites. It's like, I think that the consumer is seeing so much of the same thing that when they're now going to the designer, they're now dictating, this is what I want. So that that designer can't come to the table and really be ultimately creative in their, you know, their style. They have to be able to mesh with the consumer is bringing to them.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, just a decade ago, we were able to love a designer for their signature look, and you would be comfortable in knowing that when you're hiring this designer, this is what you would get. But like I said, with like the designers that I know who can give Kelly Wearstler a run for their money, they almost have such, a, they almost have a, a copycat look, if you will that you cannot say this is definitely a Kelly Worster piece or this is a so-and-so piece or this is a so-and-so piece. You can't label it. You can't stamp it. So the only thing you have is your face, and the only thing you have if we can't see your face is your voice. But at the end of the day, really, you have to sell yourself first. And so that's what I'm hoping that designers will start transitioning into. There are a lot of designers that are doing that really well. Like I, my friend Ashlina Caposta, she was on my panel If you look at her website, she's called the Decorista. She kind she'll scare you, I think. I Ashley know you know I love you, girl, but I'm almost frightened of you. She kinda has this sort of Shaw's of Sunset type of Kim Kardashian glamour appeal about her in a good way. I'm not saying this, you know, in a in a tacky way, but in a good way where it's a very opulent type of approach but she's lounged out on one of her designs like a cat. And automatically you get this feel of, okay, if this chick is doing my home, we're having sex in one of our rooms that she's doing. It's, It's an automatic thing because she has this sort of, you know, sex appeal about her. And her work has a little bit of a sex appeal in it. And I think that's awesome. You know what I mean? It's like, this is that. This is what you get from this website. And then, of course, you know, when you meet her, and I know she's the sweetest, intelligent, gorgeous woman, fantastic personality, she really could play it up any way you want depending on the room that she's designing. But I love that her website kind of gives that to you. You know what I mean? It's not just a shot of her latest project.
0: So if a designer is... Um At this crossroads right now, because, you know, like you were saying a little bit ago, things are constantly changing. Like, you know, it is literally if you don't have your pulse on on this industry and and looking at the full picture because it's changing every three to six months. I mean, it's it's moving at a pace that I've never seen before, but. If a designer is, like, I I am about to get on the phone with a a gentleman that is actually in the Bay Area, and I was looking at his website. It is so outdated. The colors are, like, (laughs) from 10 years ago. There's no social media on there. Nothing.
1: Oh, we could totally be, like, fashion police (laughs) and critique it like you can't even imagine. Read it. And I'm not talking about reading, like, a book, but reading, like, hooked on phonics on some of these websites. Yeah, like, no Facebook, no
0: Twitter, no Instagram. And so... And and some of the old school designers, like I have friends here in Nashville that, you know, they've been doing design for 30 years and they're used to the old school design where there was no Internet and, you know, everything was done over the phone and and whatnot. But if there's one thing that they need to do to really get themselves up to date, is that the one area that they should really focus on is their website or where do you think that they should start to to look at their, their brand as a whole?
1: Well, I I only speak interior design the way I look at it. So for like with my clients, I remember when I was seeing their website, it was very quick for them to be able to have like the menu bar on top with all the pages that you can click on and then they would have their project. Many of them didn't even have the little icons to get social, you know, that the little bird for Twitter and the little F for Facebook. They didn't even have access to to putting that. I think one of the biggest problems that small boutique, even the solopreneur has, is that they feel like they can't handle their website on their own. They're codependent on hiring or even outsourcing a website developer to do this for them. Even to update their press announcements, if they got press or a blog post, they have to pay to send that information to someone to upload it on their existing website because they feel like they can't do it themselves. And even, I'll I'll raise my hand, I was at fault to that, you know, because a lot of it involves Photoshopping, a lot of it does involve coding. So when I was looking at doing my own website, one of the first things I thought was, I'm like, I need to take full control of this. I don't ever want to be put in a position where I have to bank on Photoshop to be able to put up a latest press announcement so that it matches what I already have on my existing website, which was loaded with Photoshop stuff. I don't want to do that anymore. So I was looking for platforms that everyone found to be easy to use on their own, almost like build your own website. And even then with the WordPresses and the Squarespace and all these other platforms that, you know, people get thrown at, I was using Weebly. I mean, listen, save your hate mail people if you're listening to this. I'm not on Weebly anymore, but I did what I could, you know, I, that's what I was using at, um, just like a couple of months ago before my my website launch. But I remember when I was looking at this, I just thought about it. Like I need to have a fill in the blank color by number type of website. I don't want to count on anyone. I just need the bare basics outlined and I want to be able to just color it in on my own when I need to. So Long story short, I had a great designer. She's a, a a fan, actually. She's in Arizona. She loves my show. She's been following my career for since it started. Her name is Michelle. She had, and I didn't even know she was doing this, she had nominated me to be a trendsetter for this amazing brand new magazine called Style Redefined. It's a long story, but you'll see how this ties into answering your question. Now, style redefined magazine, by the way, get on all their social services, all their social media platforms. they're phenomenal. This online magazine, when I started to investigate it, because she said she was nominating me as a trendsetter, I wanted to know what it was about, the magazine blew me away. If you look at it, there's a fluidity in it. There's a simplicity in it. There is not a lot of, you know, it's a black and white magazine, technically, if you look at the background, but the photography that comes in from their articles is what's really standing out. And there's something so basic about it, but cutting edge about it. I said, if I had a website, I think I could handle this if they just outline it the same way they did the magazine for my website. But all I have to do is drop and you know, drag and drop an article that just, you know, came out about me, or drag and drop a photo, you know, of something I want to put out there. I'm wondering if I can find out who did their website. And I think I can convince them to do mine. Like that was my mindset. This is the hustler mentality. So I hunted down Michelle. I told Michelle to tell me who was the editor in chief of the magazine, even though I didn't have first off, it's an honor to just be even consistent. Considered an invite only magazine to do a feature on you. I almost blew that because I'm like, I don't care about that. I really need to find out who did this website. Because I I want to do my website like this magazine. I don't really care. I want to hunt down the editor in chief and get this person to tell me who did their website. And bypassed the honor of being a trendsetter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> f- funny enough, long story short, I-, I got to find out who the editor-in-chief of this magazine was. Her name is Nikki Higgins. She is a phenomenal woman. She's a friend. Hi, Nikki. How you styling? Nikki, now this is where the story gets really interesting. Nikki is a brilliant woman. And I didn't know that Nikki used to work with the developers of Squarespace. Ah. She designed websites. That was her original job. And my question to her was, is you need to do my website. That's like me telling Toby Fairley, okay, listen, I know you were a seamstress before, you're going to have to make me these curtains. I know you're this amazing <laughs> interior designer now, but I really prefer you to just design these curtains for me and sew them. You know, like, right. it's a little bit of a smack in the face, I think. But I just was so fascinated by how she was able. To make her magazine look and it really is an online magazine one that I've never seen before and I begged her and said please I know this magazine is your world you're you know this uh, amazing editor-in-chief you're really doing amazing things can you take me on as a client I bet you haven't taken on clients for years and, and I was right she hasn't and her workload was so far in advance I was talking to her in February I believe she's like listen I can't do this. I'm an editor in chief of a magazine. I have 2000 subscriptions uh, of, of entries to put in on a daily basis that I'm working through. There's just no way. So I had to sell her the idea. I told her, I'm like, I bet you and I can work on this website and get it done in two weeks. I'll give you all the content. I'll give you the photos. I'll write everything up. I just need you to design it based off of what your online magazine looks like. And she threw in my face, hopefully to kind of deter me. She's like, well, I won't be able to do it until May. Now, I'm talking to her in February, and I already have Design celebrity Liberty out there. I have my talk show out there. I have my businesses out there, an ugly old website now. She probably thought, okay, this girl's going to be impatient. I'm like, fine, put me down for May. I'll pay you up front. That's how serious I am. <laughs> and you know what? She took the bait, which was great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, she probably and, realized that you weren't going to take no for an answer. No, I was. Back. I was a
1: dog like a bone. It was sad. It was pretty pathetic, actually, because I would call her and tweet her, and still, and Nikki, you know this is true. I'm still asking her for dates to take her out for lunch. I was going to birth her babies at one point. Like I really just. <laughs> I just wanted the look. And I said, here's what I need you to do. I'll give you the colors. My favorite colors are black, white, and coral. I just need you to lay it out where it's like color by numbers. Tell me the platform I should be on where I can do all this stuff on my own. It has to be easy enough for a 12-year-old to do it because I'm a one-pony show. You know, I don't have teams, and I'm not going to take my heart on your money and pay it to a web developer that's not going to get it done when I want it done. Or I'm how a control you want freak. it done. You know, yeah. That's the thing. So she was phenomenal. If you look at my website, again, it flows in the same simplicity and fluidity just like Style Redefined Magazine but what makes it interesting is is the subtle touches that she had to do to just set the balance, to set the foundation, okay, which was, so, again, the let, quotes. Let oh, me I'm sorry, ask you ahead. this.
0: For yeah. <clears throat> the designer who is listening, who is like, holy shit, Barbara is describing what my website is. It's you know <sighs> falling apart and on its last leg. And if this is going to be the modern-day calling card, then I need to get my website done. But obviously they can't have this gal – redesign theirs so what should they do should they go to a developer or or how should they get their site like a if they're looking for like a paint by number because I agree it's so much easier to be able to go in and just upload your own crap your own photos write your own words and not have to rely because you know I've been there I have I've had that website where like I would literally have to call my developer and say, hey, I just found a grammatical error on my contact page. We need to add a period here and we forgot to put the H in this word. Can That's you go ahead ridiculous. and take that? Right. And it takes them three days to get that done. Yeah. Whereas now, like I'm just on WordPress, but I can literally go in and I have access to every single page and I can make all of the updates on my own and do anything that I need to do. And if I want it to be fancy, I have the option to go to someone, but otherwise every day I can do it myself. But if there's a designer that's listening that's like, holy shit, I need to get my website, you know, rocking and rolling, what should they do?
1: One of the things I suggest is you gotta pick the platform. So whatever is easier to use, I fell in I fell in love with what she did and she happened to be on Squarespace. I hear people that say they absolutely love WordPress because they can do the same concept of what you and I are talking about, what I call color by numbers being able to make any of those changes on their own. But the key is, is whatever platform you choose to be on, whether it's WordPress or Squarespace, you do still need a web developer to give you the overall design. This is that picture where you have the little numbers inside that you're going to be working with, but you don't have administrative access to honestly, pardon my French, fuck it up. You don't want to be able to go in there and boom, you've lost your whole header because you've accidentally hit the delete button. There are ways that they can bulletproof it where you're not destroying the overall design. All you're doing is working within its template. And that is what you want to do when you work with a developer. You can get someone from Squarespace directly, I'm sure. I'm sure there are people that work with WordPress. That's the kicker. You just don't want that. You don't want to be codependent on these people where you're in a situation. If you have a testimonial from a client and you're afraid to upload a photo because all the other photos won't look the same because this web developer had styled it in Photoshop, that's going to drive you to drink. So make it as simple as possible so that you can do this. If you look at my website and you go to a testimonials page, some of the photos of the faces are larger because the content was larger. But I'm perfectly happy with that because it is just a simple photo of the client but I wanted the client to have their face shown instead of these little circles that are done in Photoshop that everybody is doing. It works for me that I can upload this photo It's in a simple format and I can put in the content and I don't have to worry about going to the web developer to Photoshop it just because it's a fancy image that they want to make it shape, style, or look. No more of that. And then other little features that I thought were important to share. If you look, like for instance, I really believe that if you're on social media, your website should work a little bit like a blog. Put a live feed of your Twitter handle, your Instagram, your Pinterest. Maybe not Facebook. To be honest with you, Facebook and I, we have a love-hate relationship. Facebook, everybody seems to be like part of a family reunion I've never met. And I'm just very like, okay, I have a business page. You need to like me there. But no, they'd rather be a friend request. I still don't understand that, but it is what it is. But on my side, I thought one of the two sort of, I guess, clubs, I like to call it, where I like to hang out is Twitter and Instagram. So you can see a live feed on my website, which is very easy for a web developer to do, even yourself, which is just a matter of putting in your link into the website. And on the bottom of the page, you can see that I have a live Twitter feed going and a live Instagram feed going. And that gets people to understand that you are social. It doesn't have to be those damn little icons anymore for you to click. I'm tired of all the extra work of clicking. Now you can see things right from my own website. And if you want to follow me, they're fantastic. Now you can actually click on those little icons and and get in touch with me. But a lot of websites aren't even showcasing that. You know, you are active on social media, but the website isn't showing it. Why? You can easily do that. You don't have to have a blog to do that. So I made sure I added that in. And another thing I added that a lot of people were interested in with the wise is a calendar at the very bottom of my website. I have a calendar of events now for designers. I think this is really important, even though they're going to think I'm crazy. They're like, I don't need my clients to know when I'm on vacation or, you know, if I'm at market or whatever, I think the way you can strategically play out this calendar is to show how involved you are in keeping up with the trends. It sounds insane, But I like to know if my designer is at market. Show me the days that you are out. Don't annoy me with an email telling me that you are going to be away from the country out in Paris, Mm -hmm. you know, at a market event. If I'm looking for you and I need to hunt you down, I may consider going to your calendar to see where you are. If there's nothing there, I'll shoot you an email. But if I see that you're actually at market, at High Point Market, I get that, hmm, look at that. She's going to events. Or, better yet, if you're actually doing a speaking event and you're part of the panel, that's a great place to highlight that. I'm doing a speaking event for IDS Long Island Design Show with Steve Fanuka. I'm going to be interviewing him live. I'm sorry, clients, but I won't be able to take meetings that day. You'll see the flyer on my calendar on October 8th. It is a cool, fun, interactive way to kind of show a little bit of a celebrity factor of yourself that you are keeping Up with the trends that you are busy in the interior design community that you are doing things.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good idea, and I think that Instagram is is uh, a huge thing to add too. I'm kind of over Facebook, like you are. Yeah, Uh, but I think I love me some Instagram, Mm -hmm. and I
1: I, just—I mean, I'm so way past the movement. It's sad. I just got on Instagram like two months ago.
0: Oh, good lord!
1: Yeah, I I know. Listen, I trust me. I've been down that Fifty Shades of Grey with the beating already. I know but I'm on it now and I'm in love with it. But here's the thing about Instagram and I, and I'm hoping clients will not, not just my clients. I'm sorry. I always think about my clients, but designers will get on this. If you have your own photos, watermark them. You have a logo. It's easy to get it in a PNG form where you can take the logo and all the photos that you have on your phone. You can use, I think I use um, water free. Watermark is the app. There's an app for everything. Watermark your photos. I can't begin to tell you how it's a great advertising tool if it gets reposted, shared, retweeted. It kind of brings people back to the roots of where this photo came from. And it's a nice way to advertise yourself as a professional business. Everything usually has a little bit of a logo Um, I'm still learning a little bit about the reposting from Instagram because this Insta repost, you know, they have their own logos. And after a while, you'll have like four or five logos on a photo. I'm like, oh, my God, it's like a a step and repeat billboard. This is ridiculous. I just want to show, you know, the pretty people I'm hanging out with, you know. (laughs) So but it's a good idea to put a logo on all your photos, your photos, not no one else's, because then you become bitch stole my look. And I have a really sensitive spot on that. I'll call you out. You want to put it on your photos, your work, your pictures, not someone else's.
0: Yeah, and Pinterest is really important with that, too. Um, I had kind of a, uh aha moment last night. I'm doing a project right now where I'm working on a master bedroom, and I, so I went on there to get kind of some inspiration, and I was blown away. One of my posts um, that I wrote, it was an article on bedroom design, um, and it featured some of my bedroom designs that I've done in the past, wow. Pinterest, but it has been repinned 4,000 times and I had no idea.
1: So, now, if you had a logo on that, your blood pressure would have been fine now.
0: that something so No, no, no it did have a logo on it.
1: You um, did have a logo um, on yeah, it.
0: Yeah, it, it's got my logo on it. It's my branding. And I've also, on Pinterest, you can have, um... Verified pins, so it's linked to you, so I'm verified. So, every my branding is all over it, and it's been repinned 4,000 times since February.
1: Perfect, love that! Yeah, a watermark is the best way to protect your work, it really is. You know, watermarking is the best way to protect your work. And mind you, you know, I don't have I'm not an interior designer, so I'm not posting my latest projects. But there is value when I am at a gala event or something that I'm supporting and you happen to see me on a red carpet or a step and repeat. I still watermark that because that is my photo, but it is a representation of an endorsement. You know, I am there for a reason. So I do like the idea that if this is being shared, it's not only showing just the company that I'm endorsing or the event that I'm endorsing but also that my company is endorsing it. I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've seen my face like uh, on testimonials. I'm like, that's not me. I I never (laughs) gave it. Are you kidding me? This is insane. So watermarking, putting logos on your photos, especially on Instagram, it's, it's the etiquette thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, especially now that
0: everything goes viral. So um I know you're crunch for time. I wanted to ask um one more thing. Yeah. Um I uh, I always like to, before I do podcasts, uh, put out um, feelers for people to let them know the the upcoming guests and see if anybody has any questions. And I actually got an overwhelming amount of questions. Um, several people had heard our first podcast, um, which if anybody's listening today and, and has no idea what the hell we're talking about, um, if you go into my iTunes feed under Design 101, you'll find Barbara's uh, original podcast. Um, she's like number two or three i think on there anyways uh and you can find it on her new website which when is your new website launching is it monday it
1: launched which was great it just launched last week okay so and it's up there too i actually added the podcast on there it really that podcast was insane i think again because we have such a great chemistry (laughs) it's one of those things that people are like they, first thing they comment on is how hilarious it was, and then it was like you had some really good takeaways, so <laughs> I like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, so I've had several people who have listened to that podcast, and um, they loved the, the three tips that you offered at the end of the podcast, and so, you know, obviously one of the big takeaways was that um, designers make always make the mistake of hiring a uh, design assistant that wants to do design versus hiring an office manager. Um, And you you go into details about what the difference is. So if you want to know what those are, go listen to the podcast. But um, the question that I I got this from several people was, and actually I'm dealing with this, is what are some things to look for when hiring an office manager? Um, You know, I've been, God, when I started my hiring process, what, 18 months ago, and I'm still trying to find someone. Um, but this has been, and I'm seeing a trend with other people, um, you know, kind of an aha, like, oh my God, that makes a lot of sense to get a manager versus an assistant. But what are some things to look for when trying to find that ideal person? You know, I've hired four different people now and all four have not worked out. And on paper, um, my God, like one of them was 50 years old and had been a bookkeeper for 30 years. On paper, she seemed like an ideal candidate, but, you know, she was insane. So what are some things to look for so that we can find that person and it doesn't take us this long?
1: Yeah, it's pretty scary out there. And and I have to admit, sometimes I'm wondering, like, is it location? Because in New York, there's a plethora of phenomenal Office managers and assistants, and then you can go to a very small rural place where you and maybe two other designers are in this location, and you're all hiring the same people because there's a lack of options <laughs> and a lack of people. So it really just kind of, you know, I always get concerned. Like, is this a location thing? Like, I, I'm really surprised. But I always say, and I th- I mentioned this to you is before you start looking at this paper and seeing this person how well they are on paper. You need to interview them outside of the office and treat it like a coffee date. Best place to do interviews are like at the Starbucks or at the Panera. Break bread, you know, and break them down because you really need to find out if this person you want to date and marry, that kind of level. So you have to get extremely personal. Now, again, we don't want you to get arrested where you're asking them about if they plan to have babies anytime soon or, you know, what their sexual orientation is, but (laughs) it really does come down to chemistry at this point because the person that you're hiring is someone that needs to have your back. They become part of your family because you're already a small business. This isn't like a corporation where you get filtered through with the HR department and then they find the right spot for you because they have the resources to do so. You don't have that. So I always suggest that you take this interview outside of the office This interview can be conducted, again, on a professional level, so to speak, back in the office. But you need to break down what this person is on a first date. How are they reacting to you as a person? What's the chemistry like? Let them tell you stories. Make this a good hour interview. But you're analyzing that once you're looking at the paperwork. When you're looking at the paperwork or their resume to see when you're going to have this interview to get them in, that's when you definitely want to schedule the Starbucks type of interview and see if the chemistry is there and throw in those scenarios of what you're dealing with. Like, for instance, my books haven't been reconciled for three months. You know, what do you think we're going to do about this? Put the we in that and then see how they're stepping up to the game conversation, keep it open. It's a very, very small office. My assistants, I've had two amazing assistants. I only hire what I need and what I lack. At the end of the day, I'm still one pony show. My assistants have been phenomenal because the first place when I interviewed them never, ever was in my office. We always met up at Panera. We had great coffee and the interview was a conversation that was about a good hour and a half. And I've had, I've actually been in a position where someone came in late and had a cup of coffee, and I told them to turn right back around because I can tell right away they didn't feel I was a priority. If they had time to get coffee and show up late to this interview, that means they don't have time to run my business, and they had to go. So you really have to be able to kind of take it outside of the office and figure out if the chemistry is there first.
0: And at what point? Um, you made a valid point about hiring. You know what you need at what point should a designer consider hiring someone? Cause I know that there's very specific things in my business that I cannot stand to do. Like I loathe them. Yeah. Um, so at, at what list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I've really been trying to find this person for is to um, basically take over the, because there's a, there's tasks that I absolutely love to do in my business and I thrive in them. And there's tasks that take me six times longer than they should because I can't stand to do them. So,
1: Um, one of the biggest things is always bookkeeping and when my clients are like I really need help I really need help I'm like well have you looked at your numbers can you afford someone because I know you need the help but the problem is is you really aren't looking at your finances to see if you can afford the person that you want to hire and then that's when we have to go and start backtracking and really analyzing is this a viable business am I making money so once you're able to know where you are financially then you can start analyzing okay I really, really, really need to hire someone to do social media. Now, don't hire someone who's worked in a dental office pushing paper to do your social media and expect them to do it right. If you're looking for someone that's handling social media, I like the idea that they actually are probably in an English major. You know, they they are going to be able to get uh, words that are grammatically correct. I come from the hood. I talk street. You know what I mean? It's nice <laughs> to be able to have someone be able to do my social media that's going to ensure that it's spell checked and it's grammatically correct. But I'm also a person that likes to handle my own social media. So I wouldn't be hiring someone for that. But I know a lot of designers don't have time for that. And they do want to get someone internal to do that. That is a legitimate job. And that can be freelance. And that means that if Zones, as as they have a 1099. You don't have to worry about paying employee tax and getting them on a third-party payroll and doing the workers' comp and all that stuff. There are freelancers that do that specifically, and you can have that be done maybe once or twice um, a week, and it can be scheduled out, and that may be something that can help you with the social media aspect of your business. When it comes to the office management, paper pushing, organizing documents, expediting, making phone calls to these vendors... This is where I have a problem. A lot of designers are looking for part-time because they feel like they can't afford full-time or they're not going to have enough work for this person for them to hire full-time. This type of position must be a full-time position, and four days a week is full-time. I believe uh, it depends on your state, but anything over 22 or, or 24 hours within the week or something like that constitute as being full-time you need to get someone that is full-time and you need to take the time to train them the way that you do things because now this person has to become your copycat so when you say you won't have enough work to give them that's not true you are going to take your time to teach them the workload that you were taking on to do it the way that you've been doing it and then slowly you're going to start giving them more work because now you'll be confident that they can do all of the paperwork that you didn't want to do, which of course you know you didn't want to do it, but you're building your business because someone is handling it. So that's why I think it's really important that you have to look at this position as being a full-time position. If you look at it as being a a part-time position, you're never going to make yourself a full-time interior designer.
0: And what's your position on virtual assistants versus having someone in your
1: office? Depends on the job. Bookkeeping can be done virtually. I have... A dozen clients that I work with one-on-one where I handle their bookkeeping. This isn't something where someone needs to come to the office and do this. But with that being said, the designer still needs to be involved. Because they need to be able to make notes and grab all of their statements and mark them. So they need to be able to take that time because I want them to look at their numbers. This is the same thing you would have done if your bookkeeper was in the office. They're going to go and ask you for your time and have a meeting with you because they want to make heads or tails out of these things. So yes, I do believe that you can do your bookkeeping through a virtual assistant. I don't believe that you can have an office manager um be virtual. I at one point I thought it could possibly be done where you can have someone do the expediting phone calls. I Meaning like they don't have to be in your office. They can easily do this from home. The problem I saw is that designers are so busy, they are terrible. At generating effective reports to give their virtual assistants to follow through on, it really wind up involving the designers always getting picked at with questions because there was some miscommunication somewhere. So that's why I think it's important to have someone in the office when you have to deal with, you know, office management stuff. That's really what it is. When it when it, when you're hiring an office manager, duh, you should have an office manager in the office.
0: Yeah, my assistant said, you don't need an office manager. You need someone to manage you. (laughs)
1: But she's right. Technically, that's what they do. I mean, I can't even, you know, I've been an office manager and a business manager for interior designers for 20 years. I used to block their calendar on purpose. I needed access to my my designer's calendar and I would block those meetings. They were important to me. I wouldn't be able to get my job done if I couldn't figure out what the hell your job was. <laughs> so, I would always block certain meetings that I needed to have and they would be blocked out for for anything whether we were dealing with PR, whether we were dealing with press, whether we were dealing with, you know, clients, whatever the case may be in office hiring interns at holiday stuff, anything. It didn't matter, but I needed to be in the office. I can't imagine being a virtual assistant. And I don't know too many designers that are going to say that they are actually happy going that route too, because I do question them on that.
0: Well, and they're, they're, uh, most virtual assistants are extremely expensive. They can easily be 50 to $75 an hour. And you don't, I don't feel like I have any control because you know, when I need them, they're not available. They're working on a project.
1: No, and-, and here's the thing: even if you were giving someone minimum wage, if you're paying fifty or sixty dollars an hour, you're you could actually take that money and put it to their workers' comp, pay their employee taxes, make them a full-fledged employee at that point. Yeah, you see what I mean. So you really have to analyze this. And and when it comes to hiring an office manager, this person needs to be in-house and don't think you don't have enough workload for them because quite honestly, the point is take your exact workload that you're working on now and they take over it. That's the goal. Everything that you've been working on, this office manager should be able to take over. They should become a carbon copy of you when it comes to managing the office. Because you want to get back to doing what you love to do, which is interior design. So that's all of it.
0: And it it makes a huge difference Mm because I know when I had my studio, I had an office manager and she did, she managed me. So she could keep the expectations of the, you know, the clients and and helping them, um, you know, stay on top of all of the jobs and everything that was going on. And she could anticipate, you know, what they would need next. So she helped their expectations and managed them. She also managed me. And by doing that, I was able to do three times the amount of workload that I could do because she was handling all the shit that I couldn't stand to do. Too, which slowed me down
1: absolutely so, and it's so vital them. that the chemistry works because you want this person to be happy working with you not just for you do you know what I mean right you want to have a really great dynamic and that takes time but you can find out if this is a possibility of working when you have that break bread moment give it the good hour hour and a half because this may save you the months of how are you going to figure out how you're going to kick them out you know what i mean Ugh, so you, you don't know. want to be yeah. in that position where you're like every day at the office like oh my god this isn't really working out when you have that one sentence go through your head even once now you are like mission impossible strategically planning the out and that could have been avoided if you just put in that extra time during a coffee break, just and to trust find out about this person. Oh, huge, huge trust your gut. In fact, that trendsetter report that, um, that originally started this whole thing was just launched this week. And I talked about that, about trusting your gut and not being ashamed of um, being able to be confident and basing your entire life decision on a gut feeling, to be able to be happy about such a thing. So if you read the article, uh, it's on Star Redefined magazine. You'll see it there. They made me um, a trendsetter, which is was pretty amazing. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Michelle. And thank you, Amanda. This is fun. Yet again, my <laughs> God, the time goes by
0: so fast. I know. So as we're wrapping up here, tell us a little bit about Designer Liberty, when it's going to be back on uh, your website, all the good junk, where designers can find you if they're interested. In, uh Barbara does um, uh, help designers with office management and et cetera, et cetera. So where can they find you and, and get more information about you?
1: Yeah, you can hit me up on my brand new website at Viteri Style Management. And Viteri is spelled V as in Victor, I-T-E-R-I. Of course, you'll see that I am on social networks, so you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Designer celebrity more information is coming soon. It is on my website. Just go onto the page, Designer celebrity.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was kick-ass, and I'm so glad that we were able to connect. It's amazing.
1: Uh, Thanks, too, Amanda. It was great chatting with you. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Take care. All right.
0: Bye. I think it's safe to say that whether you're a designer or not, being an entrepreneur presents many challenges. Having the right tools, skills, and people in place are the difference between making it or breaking it. As John C. Maxwell says, the difference between where we are and where we want to be is created by the changes we are willing to make in our own lives. So true. And I would add to that that the changes we are willing to make in our own businesses. It can be challenging to run a business. It requires us to wear a lot of hats. So learn to celebrate the small victories, choose to do the right thing, even if it's the hard thing and surround yourself with the necessary people to make that happen because that will make the difference between your hobby and building a legacy. I want to thank you for listening today. If you have questions or comments, email me at info at com. If you like the podcast, leave a review or subscribe on iTunes. Find out more information of this podcast or of Barbara on my website Gates interior or find me on Twitter at the Amanda Gates. Bye for now.